This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. This is Jordan Moorhead, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we're doing a special episode on how you can make house hacking work for you in today's market. So speaking of today, when today is, we're filming this towards the end of the year here in 2022, November 1st. The interest rates are now over 7%. Austin's kind of gotten hit with a double whammy, so interest rates have gone way up. Also in Austin, property taxes have gone way up. Of course, everybody knows prices have gone way up. So add those all together and that means the mortgage payments have gone way up. So what everybody's asking us here right now is, hey, how can I still house hack? Is it even possible? If it is possible, how do I do it? And today we're gonna go over that. So I've got Connor Olson here with me. Both Connor and I house hack. We both have house hacked for a few years here now in Austin, and we're going to share what's working for us and what we're seeing work for our clients here in Austin right now. Hey, Connor, how are you? Doing great, Jordan. How are you doing? Doing awesome. Thanks for coming back on here again, and thank you for talking about a subject that's very popular in our industry and and very close to my heart with house hacking. Um, Love house hacking. I've been house hacking since 2016. Um, I plan on house hacking for the foreseeable future. So I don't know when that's going to be over, but I've had different iterations of that and I've had it work amazingly at every point in the market and in every point in my life. So I know today is much different than it was six years ago, you know, for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier. So if somebody's looking to house hack right now, the first question, the bigger question is, is it possible? Yeah, so it definitely is possible right now to house hack. Your house hacks today are very different than they were in 2019 or 2020. You have to be um, a little more uncomfortable. You have to put in more work today. And, uh, you know, your mortgage payment's going to be higher. So there, you have to put in a little more effort to get similar results. So... You know, in the bigger pockets community, there's this idea that you could just buy a duplex, live in one half, rent out the other half, and make cash flow every month while you're living there. That wasn't true in Austin in 2019, and it's definitely not true in 2022. So um, you have to have some expectations going in that, uh, you know, your rent, your mortgage payment that you will have to cover while you're living in a property will be less than the equivalent rent that you'd have to pay. And it's still possible to cash flow on the way out. Um, So just know that it is still possible, but um, kind of the returns have changed for the reasons that you mentioned just before. Yeah. And I think, you know, before we get too far deep into this, you you mentioned at the end there that, hey, it's still very possible to live for less than you would be paying somebody else. And you still can cash flow when you move out. I, th- I think those are the most important things. 
So just the benefits of house hacking and why we're talking about house hacking and why I love house hacking and why so many other people do too is with house hacking, you get all the benefits of buying property, which are, you know, you get, it gets to appreciate, you get to pay down the loan, you get tax benefits. And over time, it's just an amazing investment. So that you're buying a house has made the middle class here in America. And with house hacking, you get to participate in that, but you also get cash flow when you move out, which mm-hmm. is awesome. You know, you get this cash flow when you move out. When you move out, you also get more tax benefits. People don't talk about that all the time. Talk to your accountant, of course, but you get more tax benefits because you're able to depreciate the property. And the more times you house hack, the less you pay in taxes overall. So it's really a great deal. I love it. And over time, of course, rent grows. So, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, real estate made the middle class, you know, buy a house. You're going to build all this wealth off it. What if you house hack three or four or five times? And it's amazing. And people, that's why people get so excited about it. And that's why I'm so excited about it. Because if you want to be a millionaire here in the United States, house hack a couple times. In 30 years, you're a millionaire. It's guaranteed. It's almost no problem, especially in Austin. You know, you buy three house hacks in Austin and you don't sell those house hacks. What do you think they're going to be worth in 30 years paid off? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a $500,000 duplex in Austin right now in 30 years is worth a million. Yeah. So, you know, if you buy three, you'll have $3 million. And paid off all that cash flow is yours. So some great things there. Of course, there's some expenses. But, you know, back to our initial question, can you house hack today? You really answered that question. And I've never seen a market that you can't house hack. But like you said, Connor, you really have to get more creative today to make it work. So now that we've covered the the bigger question of can you house hack, let's, let's get into the meat of how can you house hack right now? What's worked for you and what are you seeing work for your clients right now? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Yeah. So, um, I was a little frustrated when I started looking to buy a house hack. I was actually a client of Jordan's. That's how we first met. And I wanted the other side to pay for my home mortgage and I couldn't get it to work in fall of 2020. So I stumbled upon medium term rentals, which is uh, renting a furnished property out for 30 day minimums. So uh, I figured out that, you know, I could try this new strategy. I could see where it takes me. And ultimately I was able to live for free in a duplex, in a three bed, two bath duplex by renting out a two bed, one bath unit. Um, and so then once I moved out, I got the cash flow from the three bed, two bath and really propelled me forward. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, I was frustrated that I couldn't get good rents in Austin because these property values just went up astronomically and the rents never caught up. And they still haven't really caught up today. They've gone up a lot. So your long-term rents have gone up a lot, but what we found, and I think you're going to find this almost across the board is generally in your, do your research. We actually have a bunch of great content on how to find 
medium-term rents on our YouTube channel where Connor goes over how he finds medium-term rents. And you can use similar stuff to help find short-term rents. But generally, we find you get almost double the rent on a medium-term rental versus a long-term rental. And I would say a short-term rental done right is two and a half to three X for me. I think you could probably yeah. do better than that, but mm -hmm. from what I've seen, and this is mostly with duplexes. So duplexes work really well with medium-term rentals mm -hmm. that both Connor and I have found. I would say they probably don't work as well for short-term rentals just because people with short-term rentals want a better experience. At least that has been my experience. By no means is that the rule um, and maybe that's how I set mine up. And I, there's a lot of use, user error there that could be happening. But, you know, we we see medium-term rentals really do extremely well here in Austin. And I, I don't know, you know, Connor, the biggest question I get asked on a medium-term rental is what's the vacancy like? Yeah, so on my property, uh, my vacancy has been around 10 to 15%. Um, so yeah, 85% occupied with double the rent revenue. And then there's also some extra expenses you need to think about. You have to pay for all utilities and internet. And on a typical, let's say three bed, two bath house that comes around 400 a month, maybe 500 a month, somewhere in there, depending on how big the house is, how often it's used, things like that. So, um, you know, for double the rent, three, four, $500 extra expenses, it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you, you do see a little bit of, see, you see some seasonality in the occupancy, I would say, but more so the seasonality is the type of guests yeah. that I've seen. Is in the winter, we get all sorts of people who just don't want to be up north, you know, don't want to be in Chicago or the northeast, and they come down to Austin to work remotely. Um, we always get the traveling workers, that kind of stuff. But in the summer, it's just, it's mostly what we've had mostly people moving and working. Yeah, yeah, people looking to buy or rent. Basically, they're just relocating to Austin. Um, one trick that I've found to really uh, be successful in the medium term rental market is being pet friendly. Mm. So we had one unit pet friendly, one unit not pet friendly, and uh, the pet friendly one is booked three months out, 24 seven. Mm. It's just been killing it. And then the non pet friendly one, you know, was vacant two weeks out. So, so the lead time was significantly smaller. Ultimately, we just ended up making it pet friendly just to get someone in there. Um, and we have to go in and probably buy some new furniture that's more pet friendly because yeah. learned that lesson the hard way. I won't go into that right now. But uh, the supply of pet friendly medium term rentals is extremely low. So if possible, definitely cater to that because everyone in Austin has a dog. Yeah. And people love traveling with their dogs nowadays. So definitely something to think about. Yeah. No, I think it's huge. And I know we try to travel with our dogs sometimes. And the for short-term rentals, too, the amount that you can find that are, that are pet-friendly is extremely low. And you'll generally pay more because you want to have your dog with you. Oh, and, yeah. of course, with a medium-term rental, you want to have your dog with you. So I think, I think the advice would be just set it up from the get-go that this medium-term rental you're setting up is going to be pet-friendly. Mm -hmm. We've had really good luck on our medium-term rentals, setting them up no differently than they would be a short-term rental. So making it nice, putting a guidebook in there, because these people want to 
have fun too and they want to have an experience and yeah they want uh, a screen for their computer and they want fast internet and all that kind of stuff but if you only have that and it's just a poorly furnished medium-term rental that doesn't look good you're not going to get as good of bookings or as often as booked as often um, mm -hmm. so i think we've had that work extremely well making it look great providing everything they might possibly need in every circumstance and then of course putting that work from home station up there where somebody can plug in their laptop with an HDMI cord, has fast internet, has a mouse, that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. it, it just helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Connor, you've actually done a lot more short-term rental than I have. How have you seen short-term rental work out for people in, in house hacking? And, and what would be your recommendations if you're looking to do a short-term rental on house hacking? Yeah, so I've had um, a couple clients that turn their properties into short-term rentals. Some of them, you know, it's a duplex, they rent out the other side short-term, or what's even more creative is people are taking their single-family homes and they're basically making a dwelling unit inside the single-family home. Um, I have uh, these clients at Round Rock that they put up a wall to, they basically, as you walk in, they had like, a sitting room and then immediately behind it was like a dining room so just two rooms back to back and they put up a wall and then made a, a door on the back and then they have just oh, a studio apartment with a little kitchenette have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet well now you can not even being a millionaire by joining our new program GoBundance emerge my name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. So um, they're getting, you know, $100 a night, $120 a night, and they're 75% occupied in Round Rock. Wow. So they're, they're killing it. Um, so that's a great example of a way to be creative and uh, still being able to house hack in the Austin Metro. Um, and you can be more creative if you target these properties that aren't duplexes that, you know, maybe have some quirks to them that could work for a different purpose. So you could actually get them cheaper than maybe a typical duplex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we actually have a great, great podcast episode I'll, I'll try to think of the name of the, the guest but where you know what Connor's talking about is essentially just making a mother-in-law mm -hmm. apartment yeah. in your in your house so you buy a single family house you sit in, and Devin on our team has something similar to this but you buy a single family house you section off or you convert an area to a, what a little studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment and you, you rent it out um Devin did a great one. Yeah. He has an ADU. It was a garage. Now yeah. it's turned into a really nice apartment. Yeah. Yeah. His was just a converted garage where they used it as like a master bedroom, bathroom. Mm -hmm. And he just walled it off and put in a kitchenette. Um, Devin's is probably one of the nicest, <laughs> uh, nicest Airbnbs. You know, he's, he did a great job designing it. He really crushes it. He put it up right before ACL. And I think he told me he was getting like yeah. With two beds, you know, for over ACL. So he's he's killing it. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you really spoke to it there, too. He went the extra mile. 
yeah. and designing it and make it look really attractive. And that's what people want. You know, when you're when you're designing an Airbnb or when you're putting an Airbnb up, it used to work that you just put a bed somewhere and you put maybe a cheap IKEA dresser and you were good to go. And people said, okay, I'm going to pay for this because it's cheaper than a hotel room. Now, they're not so much cheaper than a hotel room. And there's not really too much of a reason to book an Airbnb unless you have a pet or unless you have a group or unless you want a really cool experience. Yeah. And I've just seen that over the years with my, myself traveling. I'm saying, hey, I'm traveling to XYZ area. Where do I want to stay? Do I want to get an Airbnb or do I want to get a hotel? I'm like, hey, I just want to get off the road. I'm by myself. I'm going to get in a hotel, make it easy. Maybe there's somebody that's going to clean it the next morning. But when you're when you're putting an Airbnb together, it's so important to remember that you're not competing with the hotel necessarily. You're competing with the person, you know, the, you're, somebody that's looking for somewhere to go with their pet. Or somebody took them to somewhere to go with their six friends. Yeah. You know, a big group of people. Or, you know, like we talked about, somebody with Devin's place, it just wants a really cool experience. Like, mm-hmm. they want to feel like, wow, I had a great time. I went to this place. You know, he put up, like, a whole feature wall and neon lights and just an amazing design. And you walk in and you're saying, wow, such a cool experience that I'm doing here. I'm so glad I'm in Austin for ACL. Staying in this really cool Airbnb. Who cares that it's a converted garage ADU? This is the coolest thing ever. And you really have to think that way when you're putting an Airbnb together. Is what's going to make me stand out? Don't skimp. Don't walk around with your iPhone and take pictures. Get professional pictures done. Make it look great. Make it look great online. I know you guys with your medium term rentals will change the titles every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We have like a like a document of like four or five different titles. And then we go in once a week, twice a week, and we just alternate oh, titles. That often. Yeah. So that's definitely a way to go. Um, and then going back to your point, you're talking about Devin's, how Devin's is really unique. His technically would be a competitor to mine. We're about a mile apart, <laughs> both two beds, one bath. And I can tell you, if I was looking to book, I would book Devin's hundred percent of the time. (laughs) So it, you might think like, Oh, like I don't, I just am going to make it like an apartment. It doesn't need to be super fancy. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, he probably put in like an extra, I don't know, $500 of little tiny things that really Mm -hmm. added up Mm -hmm. and I would book his over mine. So something to think about, even though it is $500 and we're setting up, you're really trying to save money. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to be occupied more than and he's going to get a higher rate because his is just has the wow factor that's really, really going um, on Airbnb right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going for that wow factor and having something unique is really important. So, you know, we've talked about Airbnb. We've talked about medium term rentals. Before we move on here, can you talk about some tips and tricks you've used to get booked more often? I know everybody's worried about, hey, what if I don't have enough bookings or, you know, the, all the vacancy what have you done to help get places booked more often? Yeah, so first it starts with marketing. Um, people think you just listen on Airbnb and you're good. Uh, there's really four places I try to target. Airbnb, Verbo, Furnished Finder, which is really heavily for travel nurses, mm-hmm. and then Facebook groups. And there are Facebook groups for subletting apartments, for apartments for rent. 
you know, bedrooms for rent, things like that. So we list it in all four places. And that's really how we've tried to cast as wide of a net as possible. Because people, surprisingly, really use Facebook to find anything these days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I we've had a booking off of Facebook. Just someone no. saw it and, you know, it's a little more work because you do have to write up a lease and go that route, but um, it's worth it to get someone in there. You know, it's not, if someone's staying for 90 days, it's not that much of an inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah, I just had my first booking on Furnish Finder too. Mm -hmm. um, and the, previously, they, they had been looking too soon. I was booked out too long, but this guy actually came in looking a few months out. So I was able to rent it out to Furnish Finder guy. Um, now, of course, the nice thing about Furnish Finder is you pay them the fee up front. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's like a hundred bucks or yeah, something. Yeah, hundred dollars a year. hundred dollars a year, where that would be Airbnb's fee for or more for every booking. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to make more off that booking than I would have off if that guy went to Airbnb and booked. Yeah. Airbnb's fee. So they charge the guest, I want to say, 8 to 11% somewhere in there. And they charge the host 3%. Mm -hmm. So let's just use round numbers and 10%. And that's probably on the low end. And we rent our medium term rentals up for like three grand a month. Mm -hmm. So that's 300 a month. For three months is kind of what our average stay is so that's nine hundred dollars that goes to airbnb for one guest and you're saving yourself and the, the tenant that money yeah so you definitely can make a lot more if you target these other websites and just write up a lease yourself absolutely I, mean, I think that's where you're talking about it takes a little extra work to make your furnish finder listing look great or put it on a facebook group but if your goal in house hacking is to live for as cheaply as possible then you want to do that. So yeah. put the little extra work in. Just a few other cool, you know, house hacking-esque ways that we've seen it work really well here right now is, uh, you know, stuff like live-in flips, whether it's a duplex or a single family, uh, those aren't selling as quickly here in today's market towards the end of 2022 because the people that are buying, there are less buyers. The people that are buying are looking for stuff that's already fixed up usually or they're looking for an enormous discount on something that needs to be fixed up. So you as a home buyer can go in to, hey, I'll, I'll take it, it needs some work, I'll take this property and you know I'll pay you less, but I'm not gonna just gouge your eyes out trying to get a huge deal on it. Yes. And you can make a lot of money. If you live in a property for two out of five years and sell it, you don't pay any taxes. So live-in flips can work really well for that. You can also keep the property. So you live in it, you fix it up, then you keep it. Mm -hmm. And you've got a great fixed up rental that you got a great deal on. That's, that that strategy has worked very well for me on a lot of house hacks. And then like Connor talked about, you know, adding an ADU or adding a mother-in-law suite can work really, really well. Mm -hmm. Because Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. You're adding something extra to bring in rental income. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's one more I want to add to your list is rent by the room, but with new build construction. Mm. So, uh, you know, we're on a lot of builders buyer lists. You know, builders send out emails to realtors constantly trying to get people to buy their homes. We got one this week 
that they're buying down the interest rate to 3.99%. Mm-hmm. And they already dropped the price of these homes 20% off of their peak of earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So I saw these properties that are coming in, you know, they're in Kyle, San Marcos area, they're around $300,000. As a long-term rental, you're almost breaking even. It's right on the cusp of breaking even. If you do rent by the room, you can definitely, you know, make that as you move out because mm-hmm. rent by the room, you get higher rents than long-term rent. So if you're willing to live a further, a little bit further out, you can get the cheaper price of the new builds. You have no capex and maintenance, and you can get an interest rate in the threes. Like, I don't know when we're going to see interest rates in the threes anytime soon. Until inflation is probably in the threes. Yeah, is when it'll come back down. But if you're willing to do that, then it's absolutely a great option. Yeah, and you know, to, to a little bit off topic with the tangent there, but. These new builds are such a great deal right now because they are willing to buy your street down. They're giving you a great deal. They're giving you everything else you want. Maybe they're paying for closing costs. They're just throwing the whole the whole kitchen sink at everything and saying, hey, take it all. Now, take it all. We have around 11 months of inventory, I think is the most recent stat that I saw. And now they're willing to sell to investors. So if you're an investor or you're a house hacker, look at new construction right now. They're great deals. Like Connor said, they almost work as a long-term rental, mm-hmm. just the whole house rented out. But as an investor, you can rent out by the room too yeah, and make really good money. So just a quick recap for our episode here. Does house hacking work right now? Absolutely house hacking works right now. I have not yet seen a time where house hacking doesn't work. I've seen so many times where it's more difficult than others. Um, and you have to get creative how you're doing it. So house hacking absolutely works. Ways you can make house hacking work are short-term rental, medium-term rental, rent by the room, rent by the room and new construction is a great way to go about that. You can get your rates bought down to make the rate something more affordable that works. And I think that's that's a big lever. Doing live-in flips and ADUs. But, you know, the biggest, again, just to drive home the points of house hacking, the biggest reason you want to house hack is that you save money while you're living there and you get a rental property when you move out. It's cash flowing, provided you bought it correctly. For a low down payment. For a super low down payment. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to buy rentals any way cheaper than this. You have to live somewhere. You're going to get the best rate. You're going to save money while you're there. I think that it makes sense for anybody. There's just so many different ways you can do it. It might not make sense for everybody to buy a fourplex and live in one unit. But if you want a house hack, come talk to us. We will help you figure out the way that works for you, help you save money, help you cash flow when you move out, and get an appreciating asset that's going to pay itself off and give you tax benefits. Thanks, guys. And again, always reach out to us at themoreheadteam.com. Connor Olson, Jordan Moorhead at just reach out to us at themoreheadteam.com and it's Connor at themoreheadteam.com. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. I am at Jordan underscore Moorhead. I'm at Olson.Connor. All right, guys. Have a great day.